before I introduce our speaker this morning, I just want to give us a couple of reminders. Uh, we have book tables in the gym with all kinds of great missionary books. And so I just want to really encourage you for three weeks this year. We usually do it for two weeks. We're going to do it for three weeks this year. All kinds of great, great books on missions in the gymnasium. We also have tables for donations if you'd like to meet, make them for tools and for donations to our missions closet so that we can better serve our missionaries when they are home. And the best part of all is there's going to be coffee and cookies down there. So I encourage you to go down there after the service. Also, please notice the missions projects listed uh, in the bulletin, uh, in the bulletin insert that you have. And they are for our missionary speakers this month. And so we encourage you all month long to give to these projects and we encourage you to be as generous as you can towards these. Well, this morning we welcome Steve and Rowena Barnes. They are missionaries to France with biblical ministries worldwide. They have served in France since 1975 and we have had the privilege, and I, I mean that sincerely, we have had the privilege of supporting them since their earliest days on the field. We have had a long and wonderful relationship with Steve and Rowena and always look forward to their times with us. In fact, our church supported Steve's parents many years ago. So Steve visited our church with his family. He's been visiting on and off here ever since he was a young boy. And just talking with Steve before the service, uh, interesting how he has seen this building undergo a lot of changes, probably more than some of us here have seen. Well, Steve will be preaching this morning, and then Steve and Rowena will share their ministry presentation this evening. Steve, come and preach for us. Well, it's a privilege for me to be here uh, back in St. John's. I was born in Michigan. I haven't lived in Michigan very long, but I was born in Michigan, or by Duran, Michigan, if anybody knows about where that is. But we were on the road, we weren't living there. And the folks were traveling through and I was born on the way. <laughs> and it's been that way ever since. Uh, also, I, it's a joy to come back here and see the spirit hasn't changed. This church is still a growing church. And you know it's encouraging for a missionary to come back and see that things are cared for back home. Uh, we are part of a team, we're all working together. We're just your delegates over there to France and uh, we thank you for that. You've been supporting us faithfully. You're one of our largest supporters. Uh, you would never guess who was our largest supporter. Uh, it's the church we started in France. We said, you don't need to do that. They said, no, churches in America have been supporting you up till now. Now it's our turn to pay back, and that's the only way they know how to pay back, is to participate in our support. So the church we started there is supporting the ministry in Fréjus for uh, $700 a month, and ourselves for $500 a month. And uh, so I'm saying that is just so that you know how much they appreciate what you've been doing, making it possible. Many of them found the Lord because we were there because you sent us. 
you're part of a team, uh, a network of churches that have been behind us all these years, and, and the Lord's given us the health to keep going. Uh, maybe, and you might maybe wonder if I'm at a retirement age. According to some, I am. Uh, but we're still going. The Lord's given us the health, and I don't know how to do anything else, so we keep going. Uh, facing a task unfinished. Never seen a theme quite like that. Facing a task unfinished. Usually you try to, uh, but it's true. But the point is, is that the verse that goes with it does give us hope. It says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And so we, as we are witnesses, as we're proclaiming the gospel, uh, we're working toward that end, seeing the gospel, reaching all nations. And uh, you probably remember our ministry in Saint-Denis was, uh, it was a multicultural church, multi-ethnic, people from all nations. And you know what? We're just getting started. We're just three years in, in, uh, in the ministry down in, in the south, and we already have several nationalities. I think I attract them. Maybe I'm just that way in my head. So anyway, that's, that's wonderful. I like that. Talking about this unfinished uh, work, uh, we can always, we can think, and maybe you have been thinking of what tribes have not been reached, what peoples have not been reached. Uh, where could we send another missionary? Are there any places where we could send a missionary? And, uh, and sometimes we look so far to the horizon uh, that we forget some that are right here. And uh, this morning, I, I'd like to think of our children. You know that the largest group of unsaved people in a church are the children. And uh, I don't know what percentage of your children are still unsaved, but uh, that's that's our, our greatest priority, the ones we love most, is the ones we want to reach. And another thing is that, and it's what I've learned through the ministry, is that as we are concerned about the weakest among us, we end up reaching all. And uh, if we aim for a certain category, we miss a lot of people. But if we start aiming toward the, the needy, the helpless, then, uh, it seems like they all find their place. And so I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. It might not be the traditional missionary message because what you have up here is not a traditional, ordinary missionary either. Uh, I haven't been brought up the way the rest are. And, uh, but uh, the Lord uh, prepares us, he prepares his tools. Mark chapter 10, and uh, I'll begin reading verse 13 just so we get the context. I'm reading out of the King James, I hope you can follow. That's the, only, the Bible I got in Bible college and I still have it and it's not worn out because I use French all the time, so the Bible's still in good shape. And it would be easier for me this morning if I could preach in French, but I guess it's better one be uncomfortable than all of you be uncomfortable. Verse 13, and they brought young children to him 
meaning Jesus, that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased, and he said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. The part of the passage I want to underline is uh, in verse 14. He says, and when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. Most of us don't think of Jesus as being upset about anything. Uh, he was, always took things so calmly. Uh, when he saw it was his day off, he decided to take a day off with his disciples. And, and all of a sudden, when he reaches that shore, there's a crowd of people waiting for him. And uh, he didn't feel bad about this day off not happening. He, uh, he just was moved with compassion and fed them. Uh, when uh, Peter denied Jesus, uh, Jesus didn't get upset. He just uh, looked at him with compassion and uh, it moved uh, Peter to, to repentance. But here it says that Jesus was not just displeased but much displeased and uh, This is not just he was unhappy. He was, he was and, and if you have the ESV, it probably says uh, he was indignant. Um, he, that was a strong reaction. Uh, and what was it that, that caused him this displeasure? Uh, it wasn't that he saw a tax collector going after uh, a new widow. It wasn't because uh, he saw a Pharisee driving a, a blind man away from the gate of the synagogue. It wasn't because uh, he saw a man beating, a merchant beating his donkey. It wasn't, it wasn't this kind of thing. And Jesus had seen so much injustice, just as we still do. He, he'd grown up, and, and there was, the Romans were there, and, but he never spoke of that. And the Holy Spirit did not keep any record of all that. But when the disciples kept children from coming to Jesus so that he could touch them, he was indignant. The disciples probably were meaning well. They said, well, we don't, Jesus is too important a person to be bothered with children. Or these children make a lot of noise and we, we just kind of need to keep them away and, and tell the parents to just take care of their children somewhere else. Just don't come. We, uh, Jesus has more important things to do than, than play around with children and run his fingers through their hair. And, uh, but apparently Jesus didn't see things that way. And I wonder how many times we don't quite see things the way Jesus sees them. The, only, the one time when the disciples were indignant was when uh, in, in Mark chapter 14, when they saw this lady take this expensive perfume and just pour it over Jesus' body. A year's wages just poured like that, wasted. That's the way they saw it. 
and it says that they were indignant. Now, they reacted to that. Jesus didn't. He said, no, he approved. You see, sometimes we're, we're not quite, we don't see things quite like Jesus did. And it's not just the disciples, us also. And, and I think one important need that we have is to see the world like Jesus sees the world. Uh, to react the way he reacts. I, uh, things can upset us and, and sometimes it's, it's nationalism. Things get to us because we're American. Sometimes things get to us because we're our culture. Some things get to us because of economy. So different things they react. But what about some of the things that displease Jesus? Do they cause a reaction? When I see, uh, I, I see the news and I see people overseas and, and uh, because of war and they're being destroyed and destroying each other and killing each other and I look at that and say, wow, they're terrible people. Or do I say, wow, those people are dying without ever heard, having heard the gospel. I mean, how do I see it? Do I see it? Do I ever take the time to not see it the way the news wants to show it to me, but I try to see it the way God sees it? And, and, and you see how terrible those children, and, 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 and I just don't want to remind you of all that because I don't want to distract you too much, but, but sometimes our reactions are not what Jesus' reactions would have been. And maybe without seeing what happens overseas, but just thinking of things that happen around here. How would Jesus see it? How would he? Right in the church, right in my family, right in my own life. Do the right things upset me? Jesus was much displeased. Uh, what displeased him was the fact that they were keeping these children from coming to him, from being touched by Jesus. Uh, first, the, the children, the, the Greek word is paideon, which is also the word that's used of uh, the little baby that uh, the, the wise men came to worship. Uh, I'll let you decide how old he was. All I know is that he was in a house, not in a, in a cave or in a barn or stable, but uh, it, was, uh, it was in a house. But how old he was, I'll, I'll leave it up to you. But uh, you know, but it was a young child, an infant. A and he says, because you prevented these, you prevent these infants, these children from coming to me. And that upset him. He, not that he believed that he could touch them and they would be saved. That had nothing to do with it. But, uh, but you know, uh, when children come and meet Jesus and have a, a happy experience with Jesus. Do you have any experience, anything that you've tasted in your life, uh, some kind of cooking, and the first time you tasted it, it didn't taste good, and you've never tried again? Or you tasted it and it was good the first time, and so you kept eating it ever since. You know, the first, first impression, the first reaction makes a lot of difference. I used to remember in Saint-Denis when people came for the first time, I figured they came in as tourists or they came in as by curiosity or came in just to please a neighbor or whatever reason was. I, fortunately, the Lord doesn't measure us according to the motivations we have when we come to him. But, uh, 
But oftentimes, after a person got involved in the church, I said, do you remember, why did you come back the second time? And uh, most often, it never was, they never said because of the preaching. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> but you know what they said? It's because of the welcome received from the church people. And it, it left a good taste. And so they kept coming back to find out what made these people like that. Uh, you know, uh, Jesus says, let them come. Let them just taste me. Let them just have a contact with me. Let them uh, get their first impressions. And that will affect them later. Uh, you remember the daughter of Jairus? when uh, Jesus healed her, or actually resurrected her, and healed her. Um, that didn't save her. She wasn't saved because he resurrected her. Uh, she never asked for anything. She never had to believe anything. He did it all for her. Uh, I'm not sure the parents even believed. I don't know if the disciples even believed. And all the friends and others laughed when he said she's, she's sleeping. He did it. It was all from him. But you know what? The rest of her life, she's going to always remember, because she was 12 years old, Jesus gave me life. And you know what? I have a feeling that she probably, sometime along the way, became a follower of Jesus Christ. Her contact with him was a, a happy experience, a good experience. And... Uh, I think uh, our children need to have that, and I, and I, we, I know we, and I know you have a, a Sunday school program, and you have children's program, and, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about your church. I'm talking in general, and then, and then, what's true of the children will be true of any new people, any outside people, and anybody that comes, because we're all people, and we all, we're all a little bit of a child inside of us. That those first impressions and are, are so important. The question I could ask is, uh, how, how do you keep a child from being touched by Jesus? Well, one way is to, to not bring them to Jesus. Uh, notice that the children were brought. Uh, but you know, there's, there's something about you can bring them to church but not bring them to Jesus. You can bring them to church, and that takes care of Sunday morning, uh, but uh, they kind of sense that mommy and daddy come to church just because it's Sunday, out of obligation. That's just nice people in this country go to church on Sunday morning. And uh, it's, uh, it's interesting The children understand that. Actually, in, in a pamphlet that I picked up in a church last furlough uh, about uh, children preparing for the worship service, there was one statement. It's a, a, a resume of a document done by uh, John Piper. It says, the greatest stumbling block for children in worship is that their parents do not cherish Jesus or a morning hour of worshiping him with the flock. 
children sense the difference between cold ritual and authentic delight. Therefore, the first and most important job of a parent is to know and love God. You can't impart consistency effectively with authenticity. You can't impart consistently, effectively with authenticity what you don't possess. Uh, if you don't have it, you can't communicate it. And sometimes you say, yeah, I, I dragged my children to school, to Sunday school. I brought them. They were, they were in a Sunday school. And a Sunday school teacher, it all depends on their attitude also. Uh, I, know, I know in Saint-Denis, we used to really work on the Sunday school. And, and our greatest emphasis was the Sunday school program. Because how many families would come, and the children were there. And after the service, the children come out and said, Daddy, we're coming back next Sunday. Uh, well, we'll see. No, 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 we've got to come back next Sunday. You know, there's nothing to bring children, parents to church like children that get excited about the program. And because they sensed something, children are real. You know, they don't come out of duty. They come, if, they, if it was good, they like it. If it wasn't, they don't. Children are real. Uh, probably that's why the Lord said uh, to come to him as children. But, you know, it's important. And... Uh, you know, if we start doing that with our children, then we start doing that with other people. You know, you, you've got all kinds of people in our community. They're not all nice people. Well, maybe you do in St. John's. Maybe everybody's nice and, and all that. But I've been in other countries where they're not all nice. And, uh, and, you know, you can't look at a person and say, well, I think that would make a good member. Let's be nice to him. Or, no, you've got, you got to, they've come and they've got to be touched by Jesus, touched by the, the, what we've done, by by Lord's uh, work in our lives, by the spirit that exists, the love that exists. And uh, I was thinking this morning, I said, uh, you know, we talk about uh, potential of members and, and who can be a good member, and we, we'd like to receive good members, but you know, most of the time when there are problems in a church, it's caused by members, not by the outsiders. So let's not be afraid of them. Let them in. They're not the ones that are going to cause problems. They're not the ones that call the splits. It's members that call splits. Uh, let's, let's let the outside world in. We're not, we're not afraid. Uh, bring them in. I mean, whatever background they are, or even if they have no background, let's bring them in. You know, uh, <laughs> in Fréjus, and we'll be telling you more about it tonight, and but uh, we're, we're, we're running 30 people, 35 or four people, but sometimes a third of those are unsaved. But that's what we want. They're there, they're hearing it. And we're, we're praying the opportunity that they be touched by Jesus and, and get a good, uh, they just find it uh, a good experience to be around those that know Jesus, those that, hear the gospel and that they, you know when when you've had no background in the bible i mean people come they've never seen a bible before uh, we got one that's coming to church when i introduced myself as a pastor he said what's a pastor that's that's what we're dealing with and and you don't just walk in and say well i, I think this is great it takes them a while the french are thinkers uh, they've been trained to think and uh, we had a 
older couple come to our house. It was one of our families that brought their parents. They're in their upper 70s, and uh, they came, and he heard his dad mumble to his, to his mother, said, don't you sign anything here. <laughs> That's what they've heard on TV about sects. And uh, be careful. But then the following month, uh, they were there. And she actually brought a cake with her because it was a meeting of the church people meeting together at our house. And, uh, and, and, and last time, the father called his son. He says, can you come and get us for this Sunday? So, see, there, there, there's a work being done just, just to bring them to the point where they'll hear the gospel. And uh, we, get, we get other people that come from Muslim background, people that come from Hindu background, people that come from uh, atheistic background. You know those people don't hear right away. And, and, and somewhere there's got to be exposure And so we'd like to create opportunities, create, make it, make it available. In, uh, in the church where we are, the new building we are, you'll see the pictures tonight, but uh, there's a man two, two stores down, two properties down. He's, he's there uh, changing the whole place to make it into a, uh, you call it a nightclub or something where you, uh, I mean, it's a whole different business than ours. I don't care. Jesus came down to earth. We don't mind being close to that. That'll attract some people. People will see our place. Let them come. But I've been talking to him. And, uh, and he's been watching us. And he'll go, he'll say, oh, I, I saw that today you didn't have as many people. Or he'll say, well, I see that uh, you got some new people today. Or yeah, he's, he's watching. I'm glad, keep watching, keep looking. As long as he's watching, he'll see something. And, uh, and I tried to talk to him. We've got, uh, he's been kind to us. He's, he's come and done some work for free in our building. He's a painter. He says, I'll do the painting for you. He just comes, you don't know what, that's all he can do. But uh, I, I don't mind any kind of contact. You know, uh, I don't care what he's doing. I just want him to hear the gospel. He's got to get close. And I don't want to do anything that will keep him from getting closer to hear the gospel. Uh, you know, pastor was talking about uh, how we were sent out 40-some uh, years ago. Uh, I was, what I believe now, I believed it then. But now I believe it even more because I've seen it. I've put it to the test. And I've seen impossible situations be turned around to the glory of God. So I believe it. I tell pe people come, and we've got, even in our church right now, we've got, we got a lady that uh, had, according to her husband, she has seven demons in her life. And they had to be cast out. We got others that come back from other situations. We got, we've, got, we've got everything. But you know what? The gospel is for unsaved people whatever condition they're in. And uh, we've got, you know, the crazy thing in the service is we, can, we have a lady that's there, and she has 
her former partner and she has her present partner sitting in the service. And I go, what do you do with that? But they got, they got to hear the gospel. And these men have to hear the gospel. And uh, it's, it's a preaching point, but it's preaching Jesus Christ. And so we're so thankful for this. Uh, Jesus says, uh, don't, don't keep them from coming. Suffer the little children, come unto me. Forbid them not. And, and the same thing is for anyone else. Don't keep anyone out. Don't have a kind of reaction. As soon as a person comes into the foyer, you got this look that makes them uncomfortable. No, don't do anything that'll keep them away from Jesus. Don't make any comment. Just bring them in. Let them, let Jesus touch them. Bless them. Pray for them. And as they eventually get to hear the gospel, because, uh, you know, even in the United States, it's getting more and more pagan all the time. I see it coming and going, and I see more and more signs. The paganism is not just over there. I'm seeing more of it here. And, uh, and uh, it's pretty much your ministry out there is going to be the same as my ministry where I am. And, and there's a work to be done. But, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing so exciting as to see one of those people that seem impossible situations come to Jesus Christ and be saved. And maybe several here already say, well, the Lord pulled me out of one of those situations, and I'm glad I was well received. Uh, Jesus blessed the children that came to him, and uh, he wasn't just busy with adults. I mentioned earlier the daughter of Jairus. He left the adults to go take care of the little girl. And uh, he'll do it again today because he hasn't changed. And, uh, and we need to be ready to go and meet. Tonight, uh, Rowena will be telling about a fellow we talked to. Uh, I was telling him that he didn't even know what a pastor was. Uh, he uh, went to meet with him a neutral place. You probably think it wouldn't be too bad uh, on the shore of the Mediterranean Sea, looking out over the sea. That's not a too bad a place, but that is a good neutral place. That's where he would be comfortable, and that's where I can be comfortable, and meet him there, and we talked. And we talked for an hour and a half, and by the time it was over, I got home, and my wife says, well, well how'd it go? I said, I don't know. I don't know if he understood anything. I said, uh, at the end, I was hoping that we could have another opportunity to meet. That's about the best I was hoping. Come back tonight, you hear what happened. Hear the rest of it. You're used to that kind of treatment. You have it on your TV all the time. You know, just when it gets exciting, advertisement. France, they don't have that. They don't allow that. French, they'd be up in arms if that happened. So it's at, in France, Advertisements is the beginning of the movie and at the end of the movie, but never cut. So, anyway, but you know, the, the Lord says, bring them. Don't keep them. Don't, don't be an obstacle. Don't want to be an obstacle to the people coming. Bring them. And whoever they are, and, I, and, and like I told you, I, I'm for being an any. I don't care where they're from, what kind of background, what color they are, what they've been through. And they're not always responsible for what, what they've been through and what life has done to them. Uh, 
and, and what kind of living they have. I don't care where they're from. We've seen it all. But we've seen the gospel change lives. And, and it, it's wonderful. And uh, the church in Saint-Denis is a testimony to that. And just uh, for your information, the church is growing. They're starting a branch church. And, uh, and they're supporting us and they're carrying on. Probably was a good thing that I left them. But they, it's, uh, God's doing his work. But let's not have this attitude where we just, like the disciples, that they weren't quite thinking like Jesus was thinking and there were obstacles and Jesus was indignant. And we wouldn't want Jesus to be upset with us because of the way we treat people that he brings. And, and so actually down deep in my heart, I say, Lord, I want to have the right attitude so that if you had somebody that wanted to find the gospel, that you would be free to send them my way because you know I'd receive them well. And, uh, and you know, I think there's enough people out there serving. There's a few unsaved people left in St. John's, I'm sure. And, uh, and they might travel a long ways to find a place that would receive them properly. And, and, and appreciate you giving us the opportunity to be over there in southern France where you look at the pictures tonight and you say, wow, they're happy. Well, the houses are beautiful and the countryside's beautiful, but uh, it's not always happy inside the homes. And uh, we want to do everything to receive them. So we've got, uh, we got everything in the church. It's not very big, but we got all the way from people that can't read to a well-known medical doctor in our area, that's, that's the testimony the church wants, everybody. And, and, and we want to receive them. And he says, especially you as disciples, don't keep them from coming. Let them come unto me. Bring them and let them come. I, I know the thought is very simple, but you know sometimes we need to stop and say, Lord, am I, am I keeping anybody from coming? Am I keeping my children from coming to you? just because of the way I act at home, just because of the way I treat my wife, just because of the way I, the attitude I have when I go to church. They know how you act before you get to church. And then you walk into church, hey, hello brother, praise God, amen. Well, they know what you were talking like in the car. And uh, uh, it sounds like the, it happens here too. <laughs> but you know what, and they know, they know all that. And the children say, don't tell me about Jesus. I'll keep going with you because I have to until I turn 18 and then you watch. You say, well, I don't know why. You know, I can't say it every time, but let's make sure that we're not the excuse they're going to give. If they find other excuses, we can't help it. But I don't want to be the excuse why my children don't come to Jesus. The Sunday school teacher doesn't want to be the excuse, oh, they were so boring at church. I mean, boring. And they'll use that excuse, oh, as soon as I get out of here. No, we don't want them to be able to find that excuse. We want it to be a happy experience. The only way, the only way you're going to find an excuse to not come to Jesus is you're going to have to be rebellious. Some way, you're going to have to be rebellious, but you can't find a, a decent reason. And, uh, and that's what we want. It's children, people come to Jesus. Jesus was rejected for a while. But after the cross, after the resurrection, Pentecost, probably a lot of those people that had rejected Jesus came.
came to him because I don't know how to explain to uh, how they got the 5,000 where they came from. Uh, the gospel had, been go had gone out. Many people had been healed. Many people had been touched by him. They'd heard him speak and all of a sudden it became clear and uh, they said he is it. And so let's, let's have that testimony around us. Children, foreigners, handicapped people, uh, people that have suffered abuse, people who have responded to, to all kinds of different treatments, that have gone to, into life and have tried to find pleasure, and all they found is, found fun, but not joy. And Lord, and that we want to bring those people. The church, I, I, I tell the people where we are, I said, the church is for sinners. If you're not a sinner, we're not interested. It's for sinners. And then the gospel changes them. And so let's, this morning, each ask ourselves, yeah, the task is unfinished. And understand that. But is it unfinished because I'm an obstacle to some people coming to Jesus? Have I kept anybody from coming to Jesus by the way I act, by the way I talk, by the way I reacted, or by, by what I've not done? Beginning with my children, beginning with my family, beginning with my church, beginning my neighborhood. May the Lord help us so that the, wor the work would not be unfinished. Not just the nations over there, but there's people here that need to hear the gospel. Let's pray. Dear Father, we are so grateful to you for having been willing to, to come to earth and to, to die on the cross for our sin. And, and we still don't understand that. It's still a mystery why you were willing to do it. And, and we don't understand how it worked. Uh, we don't know how it can still work 2,000 years later. We have a lot of questions, Lord. But we do see lives changed. And uh, people find joy and deliverance and uh, a new kind of rest in their minds, in their souls. And Lord, we, we don't want to be an obstacle. I'm sure there's no one here that wants to be an obstacle to someone coming to you. But sometimes unconsciously, it's just like those disciples, they didn't mean to, they weren't, they thought they were helping Jesus, protecting him. And sometimes we, we, we're afraid for the church and we like to protect it and keep bad people out so that uh, we can have a nice church. Uh, Lord, uh, we pray that you just help us to see people like you see them. And uh, we, uh, like a hospital, receives sick people and sends them out whole. And Lord, we pray that we might spiritually receive uh, hurting people, lost people, and uh, we can see him go out whole. And Lord, uh, what we do on the mission field, we want to do here and we want to do wherever. And, and may we be found faithful. Lord, I pray that you bless this church. It's been a blessing to us. They've been a real encouragement to us. And I pray that you continue to bless. We see what you're doing. We see the way you're, you're, you're using the leadership of Pastor Noss. And Lord, we, we pray that you would continue. And, uh, and we pray for this church from the field. We pray for our supporters. And Lord, we know that they pray for us. 
And may we all be faithful and that no one not come to you because of us. We pray in your most precious and lovely name. Amen.